Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today we're going to be chatting with Allison Franz. And Allison helps people who feel held back by grief and trauma completely break free so they can flourish and thrive in their life. After doing this work for several years, she put the concept of life transformation officially on the map in her home state of Rhode Island, where she opened Paradigm Shift LLC in 2016. She designs workshops, personal growth programs, and individualized life transformation programs to help you achieve major personal and life changes in three to 12 months. She's passionate about helping people let go of barriers, step into their power, and live life at their true potential. And you're going to love this conversation I had with Allison. We talked about healing from grief using some unconventional ways like comprehensive energy psychology, which is energy psychology on steroids. Get ready to learn some exciting ways to move forward and heal from the pain and grief of trauma once and for all. I am so excited to have Allison Franz here today. We're going to be talking about trauma and grief and best of all, how to heal from all of it. So welcome, Allison. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, just excited to have you on the show. So let's just get started with how did you get into the work of helping people break free from trauma and grief? How'd that start? So it really started um, in my late 20s when I lost my dad and... um, you know, it was a huge, huge loss for me. And I just felt really devastated. And I started questioning everything in my life because I just really felt lost. And I searched for answers on really how to heal from this. And no one seemed to have an answer. And I just, you know, I Googled and I searched and really didn't come up with anybody telling me how to do anything other than cope with my feelings. And at that particular time, I didn't actually realize how much childhood trauma was playing into that grief. So I was just really looking for an answer about, you know, how do you actually heal from grief? You know, Mm. Um, all the experts said to, you know, to give it time and to cope with your feelings, but that wasn't working for me. And had you know you were still dealing with all of this childhood trauma? Well, I realized that later after once I started to figure out how to heal my grief, I started to realize that what was underneath it was a lot of trauma from childhood. And the way it tied into my grief was that my dad was a big protector for me because I um, experienced a lot of abuse in my childhood. Mm -hmm. And my dad was really close to me for a lot of reasons. And he was my big protector. And um, so, yeah, so I had a really deep bond with my dad. So when I lost him, what I didn't realize was that subconsciously he was um, a big source of love and protection for me that I lost. And once that was gone, I was left with uh, a lot of trauma. So, okay. So it wasn't just, it sounds like it wasn't just the sadness of the loss, but the protection and without, without that protection, the fear of, uh oh, who's going to protect me now? Came up. Is it that right? was, but it was totally subconscious because, you know, and I think this happens for a lot of people. We lose someone and we think that the problem is that the person is gone, but really a big part of the problem is what that person really meant to us, that there's something deeper going on with that loss. Mm. And not 
I really haven't heard any other people talking about that element of it. And it was only because I was so determined to really get to the root causes of what was causing so much emotional pain for me that I realized that it wasn't just that. And I actually had to start healing my grief in order to really see that trauma. Because Mm -hmm. although I had things manifesting in my life as a result of it, it was really lying dormant. Right. So like what kind of things were, were manifesting because of this? And, and what was it that got you to realize, oh, wow, this was really, it, it's more than just the grief of the loss? I was just, you know, I was having fun in life, but I was not at all fulfilled. You know, there was definitely a lot of issues, um, you know, in terms of my relationships and just wanting to like have fun and kind of like distract myself. My, my, career was not particularly fulfilling. I kind of couldn't figure out what exactly I wanted to do. You know, I was a therapist and I knew I liked helping people, but I really didn't feel like I was doing what I was doing was um, as effective as it could be. And I didn't feel like a lot of people were really committed to um, getting the results I wanted to give them. Uh, So I also you know, was doing things just kind of like, you know, the way I was operating life was almost kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing Mm -hmm. if it stuck, Mm -hmm. you could sort of say, without a lot of direction or really feeling like, like following my heart and saying, yes, this is me. This is what I want to do. And you know, what's, you know, what's so interesting about what you're saying. This is how, I mean, I don't want to say most, this is how so many people just go through life. They don't even, you know, they don't stop to question there's something missing and that's why I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. This is just the way it is. I'm just, I'm working, I'm making a living, I'm going about my day and this is what it's supposed to be. So what, what was the clue to you that there was something unresolved or that there was more? Because I'm sure people around you, well, I mean, maybe I I shouldn't assume. I know in, in my world with a lot of people, that's just their existence. So, you know, in your world, how was that a clue for you that something isn't right? Yeah, I'm totally on board with everything you just said. Totally right on. And um, yeah, as far as everybody knew, my life was put together and I thought it was too until I went through this. But um, I think what really happened was the level of emotional pain I was in really opened me up to question a lot of things. Mm. And one of the big turning points for me was when I had made up, really made up my mind, I was going to heal. I was really fed up with not being happy and hating my life. Mm -hmm. And I got a flyer in the mail from a man named Henry Grayson, who would later become my mentor. And I trained with him. I did my first training with him a couple of months later. And um, I realized that he had just tapped into something really outside of the world's paradigm And I was now open to that because I was willing to try anything. Mm. And that just got me started about thinking about healing and life and what it's meant to be in a whole different way. And I've hit the ground running and I've been running ever since. (laughs) And I want to get into that. But two things you mentioned, first of all, you know, so often we hear that saying, you have to feel it to heal it. And and this is so important because it's so easy to numb, avoid, distract. And we don't heal that way. And we're so afraid to feel that deep 
pain or those deep emotions, but it's only when you go right to them, do you, do you go through them and, and eventually find your way out the other side? So that sounds like something that you, you just dove in and you were like, okay, as awful and as painful as this is, here we go. I'm going to find this, slay these dragons and get out the other side. The other thing is that flyers work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so interesting. So, so tell me about this mentorship and this training. So it all started with just one training. Henry's out of New York and he happened to be in Boston for this one particular training. And I live in the Providence, Rhode Island area. And I did this first training with him. And a lot of people were just really intrigued. So he agreed to come back in six months uh, to the Boston area. We did another training with him in six months. And it was a much smaller group than the first one. And we got to spend a lot of time with him and really train more sort of intricately in what he was teaching. And I had a super profound healing in that particular training. And I went from uh, pretty much my insomnia was healed in that training. I went from having barely slept in a year and a half to getting seven hours of sleep a night. <laughs> wow. And just just so everybody knows, what kind of training was this? So it was... Um, He does a method called synergetic therapy, which is a fusion of energy psychology and other therapies, Um, pretty much a lot of non-traditional stuff um, fused with some traditional stuff. And he's written some books and, you know, really um, integrates a lot of uh, principles that you don't typically find in psychotherapy. Mm. And, And can you share his name again for anybody who's curious? His name is Henry Grayson and he has a website, henrygrayson.com. Okay. And he's written, his latest book is called Your Power to Heal. Wonderful. So, so there was some uh, activity or process that you did there and, and that helped you with your sleeping? Yeah, it was just life-changing. Um, you know, the healing modality that we use just really goes very, very deep. It addresses conscious, unconscious, energetic you know, it, it goes really, really deep. And I could just feel my body like shift, like I relaxed somehow, some way. And like, I could just feel literally an internal shift that I wanted. And that's when I made up my mind. I was like, I need more of this stuff in my life. And I also realized that I needed to become proficient in it so I could share it with the world. Cause I'm like, why isn't everybody doing stuff like this? Just even to get that sound sleep, it's worth it. If, if, just for no other reason than we need it for our health. Wow, that's that's really incredible. So t- why do people carry grief and trauma for just for so long? I mean, sometimes for decades. I really think it's because there's a belief that um, you have to. You know, our Western medical model is based on Newtonian science. And Newtonian science believes that you need form to change form. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in other words, so our typical medical model, right? You have a tumor, you got to go in with a knife and cut it off. You need form to change form, or maybe you need medication to change your brain chemistry. But really there's, um, we live in an, uh, a quantum universe and everything's made up of atoms and things can shift and change at any time. Um, but unfortunately we really haven't been taught that. So we have a tendency to not even look for that. Mm. It's so true. You know, I remember thinking 
just I I had this motto years ago. Just because I does I, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that has served me so well in keeping my mind open. And it sounds like you had an open mind just to embrace a lot of these new these new concepts. Because and and I also tell us what role guilt plays in letting go of of grief. Because I you know I imagine for so many people they feel they're not honoring that person that they love or, or, you know, or just thinking of them if they stop obsessing or grieving over them. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Lots and lots and lots of guilt come up when it comes to grief. And yeah, people feel like they want to honor that person. Um, I think a lot of times because when we lose someone we love, we want them back so bad, we rationalize. There must have been something I could have done. If only I did this different, you know? But that's just us wanting to be superhuman, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case. We're really not honoring them because our loved one probably wants us to go on with our life and be happy. And we're just allowing guilt to hold us back. And in my opinion, guilt is never useful for anything. Do you have any tips about how to let go of that guilt? Well, um, there's, you know, I, there's a lot of things, um, you know, really, I think it's about just being true to yourself. I mean, there's different types of, you know, energetic things that you can do to let go of it. You know, um, one of the things that I like to do is what's called the thymus heart rub. And you can just take your right hand, put it over your heart and make sort of like a circular motion and mm-hmm. say, even though I feel this guilt, I still love and accept myself and I'm open to letting it go if it's for my highest good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a way to sort of quickly shift the energy if you're looking for kind of like a quick pick, pick me up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's about just... Um, looking at the bigger picture, getting out of our own way. I think we just need to be willing to get out of our own way and look at the guilt for the lack of value that it really has. Mm. It really is. It's one of the most most useless emotions we have. But it, it it's such a, I know forever, it was a driver for me. I was driven by guilt. And it's so true. When you look at it and say, what is this possibly doing? It's really doing nothing. You're more willing to let it go. Tell us some some myths about grief and trauma? I think the biggest thing is that there's a lot of people that think it's that you can't heal from it, that you're going to have to carry some degree of this pain for the rest of your life. And it's simply not true. You know, I think that because, you know, we have a tendency to just do what, you know, everybody does and just kind of follow the Western medical model. We uh, get caught up in, you know, just thinking this is the only way, this is the only thing we can do to heal from this. And then if it doesn't work, you know, we don't try anything else, right? Mm. Um, But I think there's a way to heal from anything, 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 you know, and we live in such an awesome time where like one Google search can give you like a hundred potential answers to whatever it is you want to heal from or whatever you want to accomplish, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest myth is that, you know, we have to carry some of this for the rest of our life. Um, The first thing you try might not work, but who's to say there's not 50 other things that could work. And I think it's really important to to take note that what works for one person may not necessarily work for another. How does time help in, in 
grieving and healing? So it depends on what type of what type of grief that they're experiencing. There's sort of I kind of see it on sort of a spectrum. The sort of typical grief, you know, something that's kind of mild to moderate that you can kind of deal with. Um, I think is maybe like six months to a year. But if you're experiencing something really intense, it's probably not going to go away without intervention. Mm-hmm. And if you've been experiencing it for more than a year and it's still intense, you definitely need an intervention. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and also, you know, it's important to note that I guess based on your resources you have available to you, your circumstances, what the, what the, the grief is, it's that time frame is is go, is going to vary and grief though also it could be we grieve so many different things we could grieve the loss of a relationship the loss of a loved one a change right i mean even when you change jobs you could grieve your old job as you as you do something new can you can you just sort of hit on some of the different types of of grief we can experience yeah well you know we tend to get attached to things and you know Of course, you can really experience loss from all types of things. You can experience loss from moving or from changing jobs, like you mentioned. You can experience grief from the loss of a pet, um, a divorce. There's, or even just a loss of relationship, um, a loved one or a good friend moving away. There's tons of ways that you can experience loss. And it, it could be like, so for instance, maybe you worked at a job that was time limited, maybe it was seasonal, or maybe, you know, you're in the, you know, political area Mm -hmm. and it was something that was only going to be a couple terms. That can be grief too. Mm. So it's really any change or loss. Yeah. Well, and and it's always about the way you view it, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's times when we're like, we move on to the next thing and we're just excited, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's always some level of adjustment. And in that level adjustment, you know, it it could be that you feel some loss. It's It really has a lot of perception attached to it. Oh, that's so interesting. And I know you have a four-step process for, for healing from grief and trauma. And I love the idea of four steps because, you know, that sounds manageable. Can you share them? Yeah. So um, step one is to consciously know and believe that you have the power to heal. And the reason why that's step one is because... Y- in order, you really have to have that framework to be willing to do what you, what, what you got to do, like do the work to heal. Um, if you don't think that you can heal, you're not going to want to do anything else. And um, step two. Well, you know what? And I want to stop you right there because there are so many people I imagine who think this is bigger than me. There's just no way I could take this on. H- how do you go from that stage to, the, to just saying, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can. Well, yeah, I think we need to realize that that's just simply a belief, you know, and even though it might feel overwhelming, um, we are energetic beings and we have ways to get to the root of the problem and release it. We need to realize that this is just an issue that has roots. And if you are able to identify those roots and heal those roots, the problem is going to resolve. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And I love what you're saying. And it, it allows us to realize that just because a belief is there, it's not a fact, you know, like a, a fact can't be disputed, you know, gravity, throw something up, it's coming down, but a belief can be dismantled. So just because you have a belief that you can't heal 
or you can, you know, from grief or trauma, it's, mm-hmm. it's worth taking that on. And then, and, it, and at least being able then to, to start that phase one that you said the first stage. So what's the next one? The next one is to use energy psychology, comprehensive energy psychology to release the pain from your loss. So that's where we get, go into the root uh, cause of the actual pain and which is a disruption in your body's energy system. And we look at that disruption and we use processes to let it go. And not only do we let go, not only do we let go of that, we look at any subconscious parts of you that might want to hold on to that. We let that go too, so that it doesn't reappear. Okay. So I love that, but I want to make sure everybody understands. We may have heard about energy psychology, but what's comprehensive energy psychology? That's like, it sounds like energy psychology on steroids right here. That's what it is. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Tell us. And um, so energy psychology, you know, um, there's a lot of Um, different techniques that fall under that umbrella. But what I like about comprehensive energy psychology is that it goes, it goes, uh, it's a little deeper because you will go into your subconscious and double check things like whether you, your subconscious truly wants to let go of this or not. And then you have processes that you can use to counteract that if some part of your unconscious mind wants to hold on to the problem. And then we also use, you know, like applied kinesiology to, you know, double check that the problem is completely resolved and it's not going to come back. So, you know what, Allison, if you can give us some, some ideas of different types of energy psychology, because what's familiar to me is something like tapping EFT. What are some others? Because, you know, just because I love the idea of sort of getting under the hood and seeing what's really there. And, and what are, what are different ways that the people listening can access what's underneath? So, yeah, so there's lots of wonderful processes. You know, I am familiar with the tapping, you know, and I, um, you know, that's just one of so many tools in um, an energy psychology practitioner's toolbox. Um, I also practice synergetic therapy, which is a version of energy psychology from Henry. Um, I also use a lot of ask and receive, which is another form of energy psychology. Okay, I'm gonna stop you there. Ask and receive. So what does that look like? Because that just sounds so unbelievable. (laughs) Walk (laughs) us through that. What does that look like? Ask and receive is really just calling on your higher consciousness to heal you. And it's actually very, a very quick process. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of different ways to use it. And, you know, basically you're, you're basically using yourself to heal yourself. And what you're doing is you're making statements like, um, there's a part of my being that already knows how to heal and release this you know, and you're literally calling on yourself to heal yourself for you. Hmm. And I love that you said it's quick. Like this is the kind of thing you can just say a statement and then you'll feel a shift and something will release. Yeah. I actually do it at the gym sometimes. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And you know, this reminds me of, cause I journal a lot and sometimes I'll just ask myself a question and then just a response just shows up. Is it, is it like that where you're just sort of asking a question of your, let's say your highest self or this, the, the, the wisest part of you. And that's how the answer just shows itself. Yeah. So what you're actually doing is releasing it. You're saying there's a part of my being that already knows how to heal this. I'm willing to be in touch with that part of me right now. Hmm. And you're actually, you actually call on those parts of yourself. 
I love that. And how do you know when you've done that? What what would you feel? You feel a shift. And then you can use things like, you know, if you use it in a, you know, comprehensive way, you can use it with muscle testing and you can use it with um, with uh, unconscious barriers. I like to use it with unconscious barriers. Not everybody does. And, and also, and I'm going to keep stopping you because this stuff is just so cool. So <laughs> with muscle testing, and it's so funny because muscle testing is something I just learned about a couple of years ago. It's fascinating and it really, really works. Can you explain that? And then the other one that you said. So muscle testing, uh, the technical term for it is applied kinesiology. And it's a way to sort of get sort of positives and negatives from your body in terms of what's going on. So it's a way for you to basically do inner inquiry about what's going on for you. And it was developed by a chiropractor in the 60s. I believe his name was George Goodhart. And then in the late 1970s, a guy named Roger Callahan, who he was the guy who developed TFT, which is the father of EFT. Um, he adapted the original process so that it can be used for psychological reasons. But originally it was used in chiropractor. Hmm. And I love the idea that you can test something to see if it's good or bad, true or false. And, and I, I've done it where, you is this the right way where you put your arms out and you you, you ask yourself a question and someone presses on your arms and if they go down, it's not true. And if they stay strong, it's true. Yes, but there's many ways to do it. That's just one of the ways. Mm-hmm. And then I think w- when it comes to yourself, there's the ring that you like holding your fingers and, you know, binding them in, in a ring, like in two rings. Can you explain that? Yeah. So there's, um, there's also multiple ways to self muscle test as well, but um, that's one of the, probably the most common way. And that way is... Um, I consider it to be a little more advanced because you're kind of going against yourself. So you kind of need to be really in touch with sort of your own sort of mechanisms. And you also have to be very cognizant of if you're looking for a particular answer because it's Mm. easy to sway when you're doing it on yourself. Right. Yeah, that's it because you could just, and and what I'm explaining, and of course here we are on audio and I'm doing it like you see me. uh, (laughs) What I'm doing is I'm taking my thumb and my ring finger and interlocking it with the thumb and ring finger of the other hand. And, and you ask, I believe, right. You tell me, you ask, you ask yourself a question and if it's true, you really can't unlock your fingers. And if it's not true, you can, but you're, but I guess that's it. You can trick yourself to some level, right. If you want to have a certain answer, just loosening up your grip or, or not. Yeah. You, yes. And the other thing that comes into account also is that, so some things are going to be a stronger yes or a stronger no. And then some things are going to be a subtle yes or a subtle no. So it's the questions that are sort of subtle that are going to be um, the times when you really got to be sort of on top of what you're doing and make sure that you're not swaying the answer. Mm. You know, like a question like, you know, my, what's your name, right? Mm-hmm. When we say our name, that's going to be really strong because that's totally clear, right? But, you know, if you ask another question, like, is it a good idea for me to, you know, um, watch this ne- next television program? Mm-hmm. It, it, it might just be a slight yes or a slight no. It might make little difference or for whatever reason, your body may 
may see a lot of pros and cons to both ways. Mm. And you may loosen up your grip because you just want to watch the show. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you mentioned some other uh, type of, of test testing, and then I want to get to the other, the other stages. Sure. Um, the other testing, what was the other one that I mentioned? I'm trying to remember. It was muscle testing and there was another. Oh, and um, internal barriers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what I talked about? Mm -hmm, Yep. So what happens is a lot of times uh, when we let go of things internally, there's some part of our mind that wants to hold on to it, right? So our ego mind, the reptilian brain, uh, might be really comfortable having that problem. And it's drawn conclusions about why you should keep it. So maybe you don't want to be free of that problem. Of course, you if you're doing the work consciously, you want to be free, but unconsciously, you you know, your mind might be saying, nope, we're keeping this. And, you know, other reasons too, like if you blame yourself, you might feel like you don't deserve to be free of this issue, mm. you know, or maybe this was something really scary for you and it's not safe to be free of it. So there's a lot of different potential barriers. Um you know, there's, I call nine typical, there's the nine most typical ones that I like to go through with people, but occasionally there's others too. Oh, interesting. And what are the other stages? Okay. So after you use energy psychology, um, the next step I say is to revitalize your self-love and spirituality. And that's really just where you become whole again. So that's when you start looking at you know, what was I depending on this person for to be in my life? Or, or maybe it was a job or maybe it was your pet or whatever. Um, what was I, you know, really depending on them for? How was I depending on them for love rather than me loving myself? Or what role did they play for me that I wasn't playing for myself, you know? And also looking at, you know, your spiritual beliefs because, you know, obviously when we're dealing with grief, that comes into it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really good, uh, it's just a really good idea to re- reflect on that and get clear about what you believe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then once we, once we get clear, what's next? Then the last step I say is to envision a transformed life and take that action. And the reason why I say that is because once you do this um, healing work, you're going to be in awesome shape. And I, I believe that everything is uh, meant to move us forward in life. So once you heal from this, once you do these first three steps, you're going to be better probably than you've ever been before. And you're going to be ready to do something new in life. So, you know, start transforming your life and doing what you're really here to do. Oh, wonderful. And Alison, what do you want to make sure we, uh, you say before we wrap up? Um, if you're dealing with grief or you know someone who is, feel free to get a, a copy of my book. You can get a free copy of my book at thegriefcurebook.com. Um, I'd love to have you stop by and download a copy there. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And that's where we go. So that, that link, and that's how we can find out more about you and stay in touch. Yes. Oh, terrific. Allison, thank you so much. I know these, uh, you know, these, these tips and tools and strategies are just going to help so many people move through and heal from their grief. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate being here and it's been a really fun conversation. Didn't you love that chat? 
Allison offered so many strategies to uncover what we can't easily see, then heal it using strategies that work exclusively for us. She has so many interesting ideas and solutions to heal from grief and trauma. Stay in touch with her by going to thegriefcurebook.com. And don't worry, I'll have the link in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Energy psychology works. As Allison said, we typically try to heal form to form, as in, I have a problem with a body part, let me have surgery to cut it. When something like energy psychology can detect and correct what needs our attention, and it's a lot less painful. (laughs) Speaking of pain, if the pain of betrayal is keeping you sick, sad, and stuck, you may be struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. Take the quiz and see over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you go to facebook and join our group women hacking betrayal where we give information tools and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all can't wait to be with you next time and here's to your breakthrough